5280 Church Podcast, because everyone needs more hope, genuine community, and a clearer picture of God's love. Hi there, and welcome into 5280 Church Podcast. 5280 Church is a startup in the Berkeley community of Denver, Colorado, and our goal is to create a community that's very open and safe, um, where you can ask your hard questions and not feel judged, where you can come together as friends and family, um, worship together, play together, and just have fun together. In our current series, What The? We are doing just that, diving into difficult questions that we might find about the Bible, about God, and finding the deeper truths. If God is good, why is there evil in the world? Can the Bible be trustworthy? Was Jesus a savior or just a good man? We have a Q&A at the end of each session, and we would invite you to interact with us there on Facebook. Ask your questions, leave a comment, give us a like, follow and share, but most of all, become a part of our community. And without further ado, we answer another question. morning everyone hey if you got a bible with you this morning go ahead and find first peter chapter 2 verse 5 for those of you guys that are joining us on facebook today thank you so much for joining us it's so glad to have you with us it's awesome that you are here and uh, connecting with us we wish we could see you face to face but we are glad that you have taken the time out of your day uh, to listen to us we're in the middle of a series where we are answering big questions about life and faith And today's question we're going to focus in on is being a part of a church really important? That's a really, really big question, uh, especially in our culture. Um, You know, and for me, this is a very personal question uh, because every Monday morning I ask myself this question. (laughs) Just kidding. Church planting is by far one of the craziest things we've done. Uh, For those of you that are joining us on Facebook, this is a startup. And uh, startups are crazy, they're risky, they're overwhelming, they're frustrating, uh, beautiful, glorious, empowering, and it's like, it's, it's the weirdest experience I've ever had in my life. The joy of seeing something new come to life and the excitement of what it could be and the frustration and questions of, is this actually ever going to go anywhere? And, and so it, it's a challenging question. And when, when you add my family spiritual journey, we've been in ministry for a long, long time. And I love the church. I believe in the church. Um, I did not grow up in the church. And my experience with church really began with a group of people that genuinely loved me. Loved me for where I was, who I was, no matter what my life looked like no matter whether I ever attended their church or not. And it was through their friendship, their love, their sacrifice, their desire for me to see Jesus in them that I actually realized that church was something very meaningful. But as with all things, it's really easy to lose the meaning behind our relationships, isn't it? Any of you that's been married for a little while, you know that familiarity really can create some big problems in your relationship it's really easy to start to take advantage of one another. It's really easy to kind of kick into neutral. It's really kind of easy to check out. Well, that happens within the church. And my family has a lot of church hurt. And part of the reason we wanted to start 5280 Church is because we wanted to push deeper into community when we wanted to run away from it. And that's hard. It's hard to trust people. 
it's messy, and it's awesome. And what we're finding as we connect with our community, that, that almost everybody has a church horror story. <laughs> you know, it's, it's unbelievable. Those that have never been to church have encountered Christians that have been so dogmatic and so judgmental and so unlike Jesus that I wouldn't want to go to church either. And it breaks my heart because the Jesus that they have met through another person really isn't Jesus at all. I want to change that. I want to change that. And then I run into a whole host of other people that used to go to church. They used to be really committed. They used to be really involved. They used to be really uh, engaged. We have one couple here that was engaged and walked away, and it took them nine years, nine years to heal enough to trust a faith community again. And I love that we're getting a chance to be their first experience home. But as we run into people in the community, we hear phrases like, I'm done with church. I don't really need to go to church. I'm spiritual or I have a personal relationship with God. I can worship on my own. I have podcasts. I have songs that I can listen to, which all has value. Other people are just done with organized religion, politicized evangelicalism, progressive Christianity. And for a lot of people, they look at the church and say it was just simply a man-made invention. It wasn't God's idea. It's a complete waste of time. And I've felt that way. And maybe you felt that way. But when you step back and you start looking at that, is, is the church really something that man has made up? I've come to the conclusion that church is something that man has really messed up. Because you can't read the New Testament. I mean, you, you'd have to be, you, you'd have to breeze through so much of the New Testament to realize that God had this incredible idea for a community of messed up people to come together to build one another up, to experience his grace, and to share that message with the world around them. It was incredible. They faced odds of persecution. They were thrown into the Colosseum and fed to lions just simply for their beliefs, and the message still spread. Outside of the Gospels, you see the rest of the New Testament, letters to communities of faith, throughout Asia Minor of what God intended for this beautiful community of people that became Christians. Church was always meant to be a community, one in which people were deeply connected with God. God's word puts it like this in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 5. Peter was one of the witnesses of Jesus' life, and he is speaking his truth to us about being the church. He says, you yourselves, he's speaking to other believers, you yourselves like living stones are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood 
to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. He's communicating this idea that church is this faith community. It's a spiritual house. The way that you would build a physical house, people are the living stones. They're the living, breathing organization of the church, of this community. And the spiritual house is to be a priesthood. A priesthood are those that minister to one another, to minister to those that are outside of the community of faith. So God looks at you, you yourselves, not me, not the clergy, but the congregation, people who are Christ followers, are built up into the spiritual house to be ministers, people who build up, people who love the way Jesus loved, people who share grace the way Jesus shared grace, to give their lives for the benefit of other people. This is what Jesus had in mind to give these spiritual sacrifices that please God, rejoice in God, and reflect God. This is what God had in mind for the faith community. And so when you look at the church in our day and age, people have every right to be frustrated. Because that experience that we're reading here seems to be really disconnected from what most of us experience in church. And when you you look at the book of Acts, chapter 20, verse 28, it says, keep watch over yourselves. He's charging pastors, ministry leaders, men and women who have been gifted to lead God's people. He says, keep watch over yourselves and all the flock, again, talking idea, living, breathing organization, a flock in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Be shepherds of the church of God, which he bought with his own blood. This is larger than an organization. This is bigger than how many people come to our church. This is about people experiencing God through the redemption and sacrifice and unconditional love of Jesus. Something where it cost Jesus, God himself, his very breath and every drop of his blood to redeem people, to let them know that he loved them, that they were never too far away, that God would pursue them all the way to the gates of hell to redeem them. That's the passion that should define a community of faith. But as with all relationships, familiarity causes us to take things for granted. So is being a part of a church important? Yes, as God defines church. So let's talk about that for a second. First thing I want you to get this morning is church is not something you go to. It's something you are. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, church is not something you go to. You can go to church, but that's not the meaning of church. It's people. It's you. You are the church. If you are a follower of Jesus Christ, you are the church. And when you get together with other people, you're the church. It simply means a gathering of people. That's what the word church means. It means ecclesia or to assemble. So God redeems people, assembles them into this family, this community that became known as church. So as a believer in Jesus Christ, church isn't something you go to. It's something that you are along with everybody else that's a Christ follower. You are part of a global community. You are part of diverse community. You are part of a redemptive, restorative, amazing community. 
You're not part of 5280 Church. This is the way we identify ourselves to try to introduce ourselves to the community. But the bottom line is, if we take away all of the backdrops and all of the branding and all of the tax exemption, and we looked at each other and said that we wanted to make a difference in the community because Jesus has made a difference in us, we could do that without any of the things that we enjoy in this country. Maybe the greatest thing that could happen to Western Christianity is some of our comforts get ripped out from under us. We don't need the buildings. We need each other. We need the constant reminder of who God is in our lives. Isn't that true? See, church is not something that you go to. It's something that you are. To disassociate from the church as a Christian would be like you saying that you disassociate from humanity as a person. You're a person, you're a part of humanity, whether you want to be or not. It's highly dysfunctional, completely messed up, and amazingly beautiful. Have you ever been outside of the country? Have you ever met incredible people? It's beautiful. And we also know when you bump up against another human being, it's really messy. Why? Because we're all broken. We can be hurt by one another. Jesus takes that broken, distorted humanity and restores it into this unity that's found in him to create this beautiful picture of unconditional and sacrificial love fleshed out in this world. That's church. That's what God has for you. So that means if we are, we are the church and it's not something that we go to, then giving up on the church hinders everyone of its sense of community. Think about that. You are part of the church. The Bible says that now you are part of the body of Christ. And he uses our physical body as an illustration of this community he's trying to build. Now, if you've ever been sick and you know what it's like for part of your body to say, I don't feel good, I don't want to be here anymore, and it starts creating conflict for you, you understand what that's like. It disrupts the whole body. I never really understood this until I had a disc rupture in my back, the same disc twice. One little disc and the entire body pushes against nerve roots and shuts the system down. It stinks. It's horrible. And it's crippling. See, one person affects the other person. And when your body's feeling good, the whole body feels good. You don't just walk around saying, hey, my right arm feels good today. The rest of my body sucks. But my right arm feels good. When you feel good, everybody feels good. When part of the body is hurting, the whole body feels the weight. You are a part of the body of Christ. That means that you are indispensable. He goes on in 1 Corinthians and he talks about that. You, just because you, you say, I'm not the eye, I have no part of the body, you can't disassociate yourself from the body. You're robbing the body of your gift. You are essential to the body, as essential as every part of your human body is essential to you. You don't get to choose whether you have value or worth or not. God has already placed that upon you. You have value and worth. For the body to turn around and say, we don't have need of you, we don't really like you, we don't think that you really fit here, 
would be like you looking at part of your body and saying, just cut it off, get rid of it. Or as we do in church culture, we put on the mask, we play the routine, we expect people to live, act, and breathe a certain way, never really getting to the heart of who they are and what they need. That's unhealthy. But for us to give up on the church hinders everyone's sense of community. That means when you're not here, when you're not participating in the body of Christ, not just here in the room, but if you're not engaged with us as a community, we miss out on what you have to offer. And that's what's hard because most of you don't believe you have anything to offer. Why? Because we have so distorted the community of faith that we think that the people that stand on the platform are the ones that have things to offer. Somehow we've lost the value of the person who can quietly walk through a room and see somebody who's hurting and come up to them and and hug them and shake their hand and make that person feel welcome. We look at that and say, that's not really valuable in eternal things. Are you kidding me? The Bible rebukes that corrects that and says that has as much worth as a solid biblical teacher that communicates the gospel and reaches millions. It's a sense of community. Everybody has a part. Everybody has a role. No one is more important or less important than the other person. You matter. And for someone to push you out is wrong and for you to exclude yourself is wrong. Giving up on the community robs everyone of a sense of community. We see this in the Bible, all of these one another statements. Have you ever read the Bible and noticed how many times the phrase one another is mentioned? If you want to know the power of that word one another, it could just say love others, care for others, encourage others. But it says, love one another, encourage one another. What does that mean? It's giving and receiving. See, that's the other part of the church. We don't do one another well. We just, we give ourselves away. And then when we feel like we're at a loss, then people are supposed to give ourselves away, you know, to us, you know. And we're asking for people to fix our own brokenness. And we can't do that. And we avoid community. But if we came into community broken, messed up, discouraged, and we actually came together, we would be able to give and receive love together. People found a way to gather. And I'm not talking about sitting in rows. It's far invasive. It's gathering daily. It's connecting daily. It's loving each other daily. This is easy. And completely empty without one another. We see this in the Bible. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love has perfected us. You feel a void in God's love in your life. Bible says, love one another. God abides in that. You'll find him there. It goes on. Hebrews 3.13 says, but exhort one another, call one another near every day, as long as it's called today, that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. Call one another close to God, no matter where you're at in your spiritual life. Don't condemn people. Don't kick them out of the church because of their sin. Draw them in and help them draw close to God. 
Let us consider how to stir up one another, motivate one another, encourage one another, spur one another on to love and good works. He goes on, for you were all called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. Serve one another. Don't wait for a ministry program. Don't wait for this complex spiritual need inventory where everybody's got their own little compartment. Get out there. You see the need. Meet the need. Make room in your life for others. And if all of us do that, it will be amazing what happens. I myself am satisfied about you, my brothers, that you yourselves are full of goodness, filled with the knowledge and able to instruct one another. To be able to sit down over a cup of coffee at 7 a.m. and open up the Bible together to encourage one another to keep walking with Jesus. To stay up until the wee hours of the morning using FaceTime to read the Bible together to encourage one another because you're completely empty and can't do it for yourself. Why don't we do these things? Love one another, Romans 12.10 says, with brotherly affection, outdo, outdo one another in showing honor. In other words, make people feel special. More special than they make you feel. Be kind to one another. Tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. See, in every one of these one another statements, God has given himself to us and asked for us to give ourselves to him in return. As a church, we are to give ourselves to one another and in turn give ourselves to the other person around us. And we create that kind of community is amazing. Giving up on the church also limits the impact of your life. This is interesting because I run into this all the time. I look at the community and church planting tells you find all of the social fault lines or find all the brokenness or where the community has the greatest need. And you get in there and you meet those needs and that's how you draw people in. The problem is when I interact with our community, most people are at great peace with their life. They're pretty happy. They know that they are blessed beyond all measure. Many of them have pretty healthy relationships. Many of them are great parents. Even without Jesus in their life, they're making the investment and they're spending the time. They celebrate they serve, they care, they cry, they do everything that the church does without Jesus. And the number of churches in this community that want to close down, including your own pastor sometimes, is because we have forgotten that the real power of our life is being able to know Jesus. That's very different than knowing about Jesus. See, I remember, I remember a time in my life where I hated Jesus. 
because of everything that had been handed to me in life. And I'm thinking, yeah, there's a loving God who hates me. And it was through the sacrificial and unconditional love of a friend and his family that helped me to see that God wasn't against me, that he had always been there around me and for me. And so at 20 years old, I met Jesus in a very personal way. And at the time, my life was so messed up, I was paying off restitution, I was on probation, I, was, I had to work two jobs. I would work from seven in the morning until four in the evening um, at a dental lab, and then I would work from five in the evening until 2 a.m. at McDonald's to pay my debt to society and to stay out of trouble. And I remember coming to know Jesus and just wanting to know him, to pray and to read. And I would get so brokenhearted that my body would fail and would want sleep. And I would try to pray and I would fall asleep praying. And it frustrated me because there was so much more to know. There was so much more to say. There was so much more to hear. And I asked God to give me a safe place because if I could stay out without getting arrested for curfew, if I could find a safe place then I would, I would be able to stay awake and pray. I would be able to read and I would be able to connect with Jesus. And God gave me that place. It was a gazebo that went out on a river that I directly across from that was an old Episcopal church that lit up its, its steeple that, at night. And every major decision of my life was hammered out on that gazebo. And then life happened. My head got full and my heart got empty because I stopped treating him as a person. And when I stopped treating him as a person, the impact of my life went down. You see, what people really want is to really see God clearly. And it takes us leaning in. And I found that the more <clears throat> I leaned in, the more I needed to be around other believers and the more I was around other people that followed Jesus, the more I wanted to lean in. But when I just started doing the church thing, that all dried up. We need to change that. That means less time in this and more time with each other. And more time learning what it means to really connect with God. This is just a doorway to what God really has for his people. 
And it's not just the impact on your life, but it's the impact on the world around you. You can do these things by yourself. You can read by yourself. You can pray by yourself. You can serve by yourself. You can do all of these things. Just the same as a community does their thing. But the one thing you can't do is to know Jesus and make him known. See, we see this in Ephesians chapter 3, verses 10 and 11. This is what God had in mind for his community. His intent, God's intent was that now, through the church, through his people, the manifold wisdom of God might be made known to the rulers and the authorities and the heavenly places. So not just here on earth, but he wants to rattle the very spiritual foundations of all eternity that they might know God. And that sounds really dumb for us to say. We say, well, that's intellectually insulting that we would universe spiritual and heavenly places. And yet somehow we find wisdom in karma and the universe says and the universe was happy or unhappy. We want to tie it to spiritual things. But yet the minute we tie it to a person and God wanted to shake the very spiritual foundations of the things that we hold and idolize. We call it intellectually insulting. The impact of our life comes down through the church, a group of people who deeply know God and will make him known to the depths of the spiritual world. And this was according to the eternal purpose that he has realized in Christ Jesus our Lord. The fact that God showed up, his eternal purpose. God started something with Jesus that he continues through his people, the church. Bible also says that it'll have an impact here, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, when God comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses. You will be my witnesses. God will reveal himself in your local place in Jerusalem, where it started in Judea, the surrounding areas, to Samaria, to those that are disliked, and even to the ends of the earth. God wants to use you to not just make a local impact, but to make an impact that's global. And you can set out to do that by yourself, but you will limit the influence of your life. Because the truth is, we're better together. You might be able to feed one starving child around the world, but together we might be able to wipe out starvation. And spiritual emptiness. See, it's an impact that has an eternal implication. Giving up on the church, and this one's going to hurt. Giving up on the church is the epitome of self-exaltation. See, one of the complaints that we have about the church is that it's too consumeristic, it's a bunch of hypocrites, and everybody's just focused on themselves and their preferences. And yet we find ourselves outside of church. And, this, and I'm saying this to myself because this is what God said to me. It's like, Rick, you quit and you just walk away from church and you say, I don't really need church. I just have my family. I have a Bible. I'm just going to focus on that. What I'm saying is, you're not worth it. What I'm saying is, the community is not worth it. What I'm saying is my ego and other people value 
validating what I do by getting enough people in the room so they keep sending us money. That's what matters. Selfishness, arrogance, and pride. All crappy things to build a community on. Walking away from the community of faith won't make me a more passionate Christ follower. Leaning more into my community and my Savior will. Mark 8, verse 35, Jesus says it like this, for whoever would save his life will Lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospels will save it. Hebrews 10, 24 and 25. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, to come together any day and every day, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day drawing near. This is what God had in mind for church. Does it matter if we see ourselves as a community of faith? It's everything. If we're an organization, not so much. So what will we devote our life to building? And the beauty of that statement is it's bigger than 5280 Church. This is bigger than a church. This is the church.